Thank you, worship team, uh, for blessing us today. Uh, Zach's a one-man band with his red piano. Uh, Awesome. Uh, This is a a funny experience for me. I've never desired to be... uh, on television, um, a radio preacher. In fact, uh, I, I heard a joke one time where a guy was talking about um, himself, and he said, you know, I feel like I have the perfect face for radio. Um, I'm a little nervous saying that joke because there's no one to laugh, and my family is probably cringing right now because I tried to tell a joke, and it wasn't that funny. Um this morning, as we go to God's Word, I, I realize that uh, we live in a diff- different and difficult time, and I, I want to give you something. I want to give you something that would be helpful. Uh, the book of James talks about our struggles, and it, it many ways or many kinds of different struggles that we each of us have, and um Times like this, uh, they expose them. They expose them. If we struggle with faith or worry, uh, it's going to be exposed in a time like this. If we struggle with different kinds of sins, maybe struggling with some kind of indulgence or uh, some kind of maybe even struggling with pornography, it will be exposed in a time like this. The pressures of life will expose us. And so I want to give you something today that will hopefully uh, lure you away from those things, that will be winsome in your own soul as you think about your relationship with Jesus. Um, we're going to look at uh, really seven verses, seven passages this morning uh, that are called the I Am passages of the book of John. And what they are, they're, they're verses and words and phrases where Jesus is talking about himself. Uh, maybe you've been in a group, a new group, and they say, well, introduce yourself, introduce yourself. And so uh, you start talking about yourself and you say, this is where I'm from. This is what I like to do. This is my career. This is my family. I'm introducing myself in such a way where you would know something about me. And this morning, we're going to look at these seven statements that Jesus is describing himself. And I think it'll be important for us as we think about our world today. I think I shared, I don't know if it's two weeks ago or one week ago or yesterday. I don't know. I'm losing track of time here. But um there's all kinds of problems in our world. And even as you watch the news, they're, they're touching on different problems in, the, in our, our world today. There's educational problems. Um, pretty much uh, the world just quit going to school uh, the last couple of weeks. And for some of you, you're cheering and others uh, you're dreading. But there's uh, educational problems. There's health problems. Obviously, that's maybe at the center of what's going on in our world today. How, how are people uh, dealing with their health problems and where to go and how to fix it? 
because of that, there's economic problems that uh, we're talking about. How are people going to make it? How are businesses going to make it? What's essential and what's not essential? How can we get the economy going again? There's social problems. Even as I think about our church not meeting, uh, we are participating in a social problem here that we are not meeting and, and conversing like we could and should. Um, and so that's going to have implications. And I want to tell you, even as uh, before I go on with that, don't become better at being a hermit because of this time. Some of you do this anyways, but I want to encourage you not to. I want to encourage you it's bad for you. Um, but there are social problems that are going on today. There are political problems. Um, parties arguing with one another and disagreeing on what should happen or could happen for the days ahead. These problems don't matter at all compared to the spiritual problem that each one of us have without Jesus. And so as we look at this this morning, we're going to look at these seven I am statements from the book of John. We will see that Jesus has and is all that we need. Um, and so I encourage you, if you have a Bible around, um, I don't know that you can multitask on the phone or whatever, but if you have more than one device, maybe that'll work. We'll start in um, John chapter 6, verse 35. And I, uh, as I begin this list, I, I want to tell you that Jesus is telling you a, really a singular message a bunch of different ways. That you need him. That you need him. He's not going to say you need him, but he's going to introduce himself, describe himself in such a way. And as you think about what he is, if you connect the dots well and clearly and accurately, you'll realize that you need him in your life. And he's the only one. So we start in John six thirty-five. It says this, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and who believes in me will never be thirsty. Uh, in, in our country, in our world right now, uh, let's just stay in our country, even in our, our situation here in Tehachapi. If you're uh, watching from outside of Tehachapi, um, life's still pretty good here. Um, some of you are disagreeing right now because you had to go chasing down flour or water or toilet paper and maybe you're rationing. Or I don't know what's going on in your home. I don't know what the rules of your home are. Uh, I don't really want to know either. Um, but th this idea that we don't have basic necessities, that's not true for us. Uh, I've gone to the store a couple times in the last few weeks and sure, there are things that aren't there uh, that I've wanted, but I found enough and we are a family that is doing just fine. We have uh, we have food to eat. We have food to eat. We have uh, water to drink. You need to know that this is a bigger deal in the scriptures. Uh, in biblical times, it wasn't that there was a drinking fountain, uh, a rest stop. There weren't uh, this idea of you know gas stations that really could meet all of your needs. Uh, everywhere, all, all along the road. There wasn't grocery stores. There wasn't Costco. Um, what a great invention, Costco. Love it. Um, it was uh, 
a big issue to make sure that you had food to eat, water to drink. And Jesus connects himself with the, the basic necessity. He says, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. And even going further, uh, he says, whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And so he takes bread and water and he says, that's what you will get with me. What you need to sustain your life, you will get in me. That's what I am. I am the bread of life, bread of life. And the the picture there, uh, you know, comes to me, never be hungry, who believes in me will never be thirsty. Your spiritual fulfillment will be found in Jesus. You will never be needy with him. You think about that and this idea of being needy. Sometimes we struggle with what that even looks like. Uh, And most of us hate the idea of being needy. Uh, We like to think of ourselves as um, that's my car that I bought with my money that I earned because I was a hard worker, because I was smarter. And the list always goes back to pointing to self. But what are we? We're needy people. We're needy people. I want to encourage you to fix that in your own heart, to point it out when you see it in your own life, when you're needy, when you can't do it on your own, because that's the reality uh, you may be uh, living in fantasy world and think that you're a, a self-made man or self-made woman, that you put yourself through school and you uh, are able to do it on your own. I want to tell you, uh, Jesus disagrees with you, at least spiritually. And he says this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Meaning this, that without Jesus, without him, you will be hungry. You, you will be wanting. You will be thirsty. You, you will feel in this life and definitely in the life to come, you will feel yourself not having the bare necessities to make it. But with Jesus, you will have everything you need. You will never be needy. We're taking these in order this morning. That was number one. Jesus said that, that I am the bread of life. And now in uh, chapter 8, verse 12, chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, uh, Jesus says this, it says this, 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus now adds, and, and it's as if he's telling different things. They definitely overlap, even as we put these seven together. They're not in one passage. Some of them are. Uh, but we see now he says that he is the light of the world. And uh, he, he says he's the light of the world, but he says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Uh, you, you think about that, and you think about the wickedness and darkness of this world right now. If you don't understand that, if you don't see that, if you think the world is a great place, I think you're being selective in what you see in this life. Um, 
If, if you see wickedness, that shows the darkness and, and the idea of not understanding what you should do and shouldn't do. It, it shows the darkness even as it affects you. And apart from Jesus, that's where you live. Apart from Jesus, that we, we walk in darkness. Uh, we know about that, right? Uh, what happens when you walk in darkness? I know of people who, uh, and uh, you could all, we could all tell great stories, the whole idea in the nighttime you're walking through your house like this and uh, you, you think you're going to be okay and uh, someone moves something. Or my favorite is uh, the one where the door is halfway open and your hands are out like this and the door comes right in between and, and gets you right, right between the eyes. We know what it is. We know what it is to walk in darkness. It's bad for you. It's tripping. It's falling. It's uh, constantly not knowing where you are. A fear in your heart, but also pain to your life. Jesus says, uh, really, in this dark world, he says, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. There's a confidence that comes uh, because we uh, are with the one, we have the one that is the light of the world, um, that as we follow him, we'll never walk in darkness. I want to tell you, uh, these are dark days. These are dark days. I don't know if you're feeling it. I, I say feeling uh, because, you know, maybe it's not even reality for you, but you just feel a heaviness and you're bothered and maybe even struggling with being low and uh, just burdened. And I want to tell you, Jesus is the way out. He said, I am the light of the world, uh, as he self-described himself. Which brings us to number three, uh, chapter 10, verse 9. John chapter 10, verse 9. Jesus says this, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Uh, one of the more offensive pictures in the scripture is that of sheep. Uh, we we like to think of ourselves as great and noble and strong. And Jesus chooses really uh, Old Testament and New Testament to picture people as sheep, <laughs> not particularly uh, a grand animal, not one that is even distinct. As you look at a flock of sheep, you just see them out there and they're, it's hard to tell one from another. And he uses this again. We're going to see this uh, a couple of times in our list here this morning. But Jesus says, I am the gate. I, uh, there would be a, an area, a place, a, a, a fenced in area. Uh, they, they wouldn't have wire and post and rail like we do here in Tehachapi. Uh, it would most likely be rocks, and it would be a special safe place where all the sheep could go in, and there would be an opening, uh, a gate, uh, a, a doorway, if you will, uh, to this pen where the sheep would be. And sometimes they would put rocks or boards or something there, but many times the, the shepherd himself would be there at that opening. He would uh, sit there. He would lie there. He would be the one deciding who would come in and go out. Jesus says, I'm the gate. 
I'm the one. Uh, Not that there is a gate and I decide, but I am the gate. I am the one. Uh, And he says, whoever enters through me will be saved. I want to tell you, he's developing, and uh, there are other places in the scripture as well, where Jesus is describing himself as the only way to be saved. The only way. Uh, This picture of salvation is, uh, in in this passage for sheep, it's the idea of, uh, of not being at risk to the elements and to predators and to thieves. And this idea that you're safe within the flock, you're safe with the shepherd. We'll get to him in a moment. But he says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Um, salvation for you and for me, and I, I want to sh- share this with you again. You can even see the picture of being in the church here. Where's the saved place for uh, God's sheep? Where is it? It's within the flock. It's within uh, the shepherd's flock, okay? And so he says, how do you get uh, to be a part of that? The gate. I am the gate. He says uh, that they will come in and go out. Uh, the picture of going in and going out, that's what sheep would do. And they would come in at night and that would be part of uh, a daily routine to come into the safe place. And then uh, when they were going out to feed, they would go out. It was a part of what it was for them to live as part of the flock inside uh, this fold, the, the pen, if you will, and then going out uh, to pasture. And the picture here is that saved people, part of the flock, uh, will go on living. They will be doing life. What is that? Going in and going out. Going uh, as part of their day, uh, doing what sheep do. And it says this, that they will find pasture. Find pasture. I think we can totally get this uh, here where we live on the edge of the desert. Uh, there's not much going on in the Mojave Desert. Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's these signs for land for sale because uh, it's hard to g- give it away, right? Because it's not good for much, you know? It, you got to have water. You got to have vegetation. And the idea of 90 mile an hour winds when it's 110 uh, doesn't sound like a great place to live. And animals don't like it. Crops don't like it. And so th- this picture is... <coughs> How do we find pasture as sheep? It's all a part of being uh, in the flock. It's all a part of entering uh, and being saved and being able to go in and out and find pasture. Once again, Jesus is saying that in him, in him, you'll have provision, safety, and food. You'll have what you need. Which brings us to number four, uh, same passage, just a couple verses later. In John chapter 10, verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I, uh, I think often about what it would be like to be a shepherd. We have them here. We uh, see them uh, in the spring and summer around here where we'll see uh, a man with a flock of sheep and a couple of dogs, and uh, they will be out there just hanging out and uh 
you can imagine what that would be like to be a shepherd. Uh, It's kind of like the security guard, if you will, uh, where you're just going around, looking around, uh, you're checking doors, you're making sure everything's okay, and you just keep walking in circles. You keep checking out, uh, is everything okay? Is everything okay? Everything's okay until it's not okay, right? Uh, until there is a predator, until there is a thief, and until there is something going down. And that is the place where the shepherd has to jump in. And my question is, if you can picture yourself as a shepherd uh, and you have sheep, and let, let's say uh, sheep cost $100 and you have, you have a sheep there. And so the, the predator comes or the thief comes and they're well-armed or they're dangerous. And uh, you say to yourself as a shepherd, you say, is it worth it? Is it worth it? I realize my job is to guard the sheep, but is it worth giving my life for a $100 sheep? Would I do that? This passage uh, is amazing because Jesus is foretelling what he is going to do. He, uh, he says, I, I'm the good shepherd. I'm not like a hired shepherd. So, so for those of us who have a job, like a security guard, uh, you get in a situation and you say, uh, they don't pay me enough for this. I, I, I'm, I just got hired to this. This isn't my business. This isn't something that I'm going to die for. I'm out of here. But Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And what about the good shepherd? What defines me as the good shepherd? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is what Jesus does for us. His life for mine. His life for mine. Uh, We realize that Jesus gave his life so that we might live. So that we might live. That was number four. John chapter 11. I would go from 10 to 11. uh, Verses 25 and 26 says this. And this is uh, uh, Martha. He's speaking to Martha, whose uh, brother Lazarus, di- Lazarus died. And she's concerned about his death. And she thought that if he, uh, Jesus would have been there, um, he wouldn't have died. And she's grieving. And Jesus says this. Jesus said to her, to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. What a great passage. You can imagine uh, the, the confusion, but also the amazement that Martha had when she heard this. I think most of us know people who have died. We had uh, people that we knew in the last couple of weeks that have passed away. And, the idea of death, it's the finality of it. You know, we, we're not so much afraid of getting sick, most of us. It's, it's dying um, and the process, or the process of dying. And, and Jesus says to Martha, uh, he, he says, I'm really two things and not just one. I am the resurrection and the life. The resurrection, he points to 
the, the raising of one from the dead, that that's what Jesus is. He's going to embody that as he goes to the cross. He dies and he rose from the dead. We're going to celebrate that in a couple of weeks. Um, we look at this and he says, I am the resurrection. And he, he goes on, as he says, resurrection of life, he kind of describes what he's talking about in those next lines. He says this, he who believes in me will live even though he dies, okay? So even the one who dies, there's resurrection there and that comes through Jesus. Jesus embodied that and we, we uh, participate in that. Even if we die, there's life. We live uh, because of Jesus, because of who he is. And the second part of that, he says this, and the one who lives, and the one who lives, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life, the, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die, never die, eternal life. And so we get these, these two, they're really the same uh, claim of Jesus. The resurrection, if, if one dies, he really doesn't die, he will live because of the resurrection, because of Jesus. And secondly, even the one who lives, even the one who lives will never die because of Jesus. I'm the resurrection and the life. Which brings us to number six. And Jesus says this in John 14, verse six. Jesus answered, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He uh it's kind of a reiteration of him saying that he is the gate. Um, he says there, there's no other path. There's no other one that you can go through except through me. I am the way. What, what's the road to get there? One, one of the big lies of our world today, really a lie of the enemy, he made it up, is that there are many roads to eternity. There are many roads. There's many ways to get there. And uh, you can take this way and that way. And, and Jesus said, I'm the gate. He said, I'm the way. He, he didn't say there are many ways you can get there however you want to. Take any road. He said, there's only one. He says, I'm the way. Included in that, he says, the way. He says, the truth also. I'm the truth. I am the one who is true. I'm not the ge- I'm the genuine article, not the fraud like the others. There's uh, it's truth that you can trust in, and I, I realize that in our world today, it's hard to find truth. We don't know who's lying. We don't know uh, who is twisting the truth to deceive us. But Jesus said the way, but also the truth. And then the third part of that, he says the life. And if we didn't get it, he says, I want you to get it. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want to tell you that this is the answer to your spiritual problem. I I really am burdened uh, in our time and place today that uh, many are, are... are struggling in their heart. They're in Syria. They're, they're not sleeping at night or they're uh, struggling to make it through the day. They're worried. They're worried about their finances. They're worried about their health. They're worried about their future. And all of that is secondary to knowing that their soul is settled with Jesus. 
that they truly have eternal life and that that life is secure and it's based on truth. It's not based on their own ideas. Jesus gave the, gave us that that one way. There is no other way. It's through him. And then lastly, uh, number seven, Jesus said this is John 15, five. <laughs> he said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And then he says this, apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, now he describes himself as the way for us to live a fruitful life, that we would be connected to him, that we would find all that we need for bearing much fruit because of us living in Jesus. The living vine brings life to the branches, which bears much fruit because of the vine and because the branches are connected to the vine. Um, this is how Jesus describes himself in the book of John. I want to give you one other verse from the book of John. Then I want to point out two things uh, as we close. John chapter 20, it's part of the conclusion of the book. Verse 31 says this, these, uh, but, but these are written that you may believe. Meaning this book, these things that were written, these things are written that you may believe what? That Jesus is the Messiah. The word Messiah is, comes from the Old Testament, that picture of the Savior that would come. He's the one. And these things were written that you would believe in the person of Jesus who is the Savior, the Son of God. And then it says this, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Life in his name. Uh, I want to point something out real quick. Jesus was saying uh, over and over and over again in these seven, uh, seven lines of him describing himself, is, is I'm the one that you can have life in. You can have life with me. He says, I'm the bread of life. <laughs> the bread of life. I'm not just a meal. I, I'm the way that you have life. He, he, uh, he talks about being the light of the world, light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will what? But will have the light of life. Once again, life. There's life in Jesus. When he says he's the gate, he says, I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. What is this coming in and going out? It is life. It, they will have life. The good shepherd, he says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, his life so that we can have life. John 11, the resurrection, the, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the one. I'm the one that you can have life in. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And then as he ends, as he says, the vine, <coughs> you are the branches. It goes on to say, if you're, the branches are disconnected, they're dead. It says you have life. You have ongoing eternal life as you're connected to the vine. 
I, I just want to tell you that apart from Jesus, it's not living, it's dying. And life is found in Jesus Christ and in him alone. I'll just say it this way. <clears throat> you and I, we need Jesus. And this is who he described himself as. May this be a blessing to you this week as you cling to Jesus as you, 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 you trust in him, as you are confident that your sins are forgiven because he did it, not because you worked your way out of it. You're confident in the future because he's promised you eternal life. You're confident in the day because he gave you his spirit and that you knew that uh, he'd guide and direct you today. We have life because we have Jesus. We need Jesus and this is who he is. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for the blessing of your son, Jesus. Uh, God, it's hard to grasp how great he truly is and was and what he did on our behalf. God, help us to dwell on that this week. Uh, May it uh, give us strength for the day, courage for the day. God, may we not be fearful (laughs) of dying or living because we trust in Jesus. God, we thank you for him, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, I trust that you'll have a good week. If you do have any needs, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Continue to pray for one another, serve one another. Um, Let us know how we can help you, and uh, continue to be the church. You are dismissed.